0: our next round of panelists to the stage. This next panel is going to be very interactive. Usually it starts out with people being pretty shy in the audience, but we encourage you to uh, stand up and participate in this as we go through it. We're going to be reading off some statements from investment managers here in the room and getting investors on stage to provide feedback on those. So we call this our rapid reaction panel. And the whole point is to help you get down that one sentence, that one-liner, that 15-second statement, uh, so that when you write an email to someone, you leave a voicemail, you meet a private investor, you hear back uh, a yes, that you do get the meeting, that you do get a uh, phone call scheduled, etc. For private investors here in the room, uh, I would keep an ear out for interesting one-liners, so you can follow up with them during cocktails and talk to the, the one out of 15 you hear up here today that you actually want to potentially do business with. That's a benefit of listening to this panel. Also. Most investors over time uh, realize they're best investing in one or two areas because of their background. So another way for a private investor to be listening to this panel is what is my one liner for myself as an investor. So if you want someone to refer deal flow to you and you're investing in 20 different areas, it's very hard for them to send a deal to you first or most often. But if they know that all you do is self storage in Southern California, they might keep you in mind for that type of a deal. So this is just as important for an investor here in the room, because otherwise you're not going to get great deal flow, because nobody knows what you're really looking for above everything else. So the whole point here is being highly intentional, clear communicators, and just being uh, effective uh, on describing yourself in a single sentence. So we have cards here, and important as a kind of preface for this this section is that um, it's not about whether... Uh, Someone here on stage wants to invest in what you're doing when we read the one-liner. It's more about uh, when they hear it, is it distinct? Is it articulated well? Is it clear? Does it sound unique in the marketplace? Does it sound like they've heard it a thousand times uh, and it's not clear? Uh, Or it's muddled or repetitive or super long. It's not really one sentence. It's just a very long run-on sentence or a little paragraph. And so uh, obviously we want to be polite with feedback, but there's no value if we just rate everybody eight out of ten and say, yeah, I like it. So we wanna be somewhat candid, but we also want participation, so don't be don't be too shy. We won't be too hard on you. Um, but we're gonna start out um, with Molly first, and maybe just do a quick uh, one or two minute introduction on who each of you are and your daily perspective, and then we'll jump right into this.
1: All right, well, I'm excited to be here. Molly Grubb out of Columbus, Ohio of Grub Wealth. And what we do is we partner with Um, private equity firms, venture capitalists, to help business owners scale their businesses in a way that reduces their time uh, so they can go out and build their dynasties. So we experienced this personally. Um, So for example, uh, six months ago, I lost my mom, my sister got leukemia, I had donated my stem cell, and also left my husband all at the same time. And so I say that to you because our business actually grew um, by about two times during that time period. And so those are the things, those are the structures. We build out multiple revenue silos, streamline businesses and other op- and operations. Um, we also help with the exit process. And the only way we could have done what we did in the last six months is we sold 70% of our firm two years ago so we could focus on business owners. So those are some of those things and structures that we put in place. We just so happen to use wealth management as a tool to be able to help them.
0: Great, and how many years has your wealth management firm been around for? Uh, seven years. Okay, yes. great. <laughs> and uh, David, what about yourself?
1: Sure,
2: uh, good afternoon everyone, I'm David Fong, I'm an investment partner and general counsel for uh, GFO companies which stands for Gupta Family Office, uh, we're a 40 year 40-year uh, single family office that invests in tech and real estate.
0: Great, and then uh, Andres you've interacted with at least a third of the people here in the room, you get thousands of emails like perhaps per month uh, that you see of people pitching their deals, explaining their deals and you also over the phone hear a lot of those pitches, But um, can you give a little bit more uh, color on day to day what you're doing in the Family Office Club and maybe a little bit related to pitchdex.com, just in case people don't know?
3: Uh, hello, everyone. <clears throat> For those of you that may not know, my name is Andres Ospina. I lead the, um, the charter membership program here at Family Office Club uh, and also the, uh, I direct the pitchdex.com division that uh, Richard launched uh, late in 2018, where we create uh, the marketing collateral. Uh, the pitch decks, the executive summaries, your website for um, a lot for a few of you guys here, and and you know about over 25 clients now in total. Um, I get a lot of your pitch decks. I get a lot of your executive summaries. Uh, I support Richard with a lot of the reviews when you guys send them in. Uh, to see if you guys have your one liner there. Uh, For the past uh, year and a half, you know, talking a little bit of what Jock talked about. Highly, highly grateful. It's been one of the most incredible opportunities in my career uh, to not only work under Richard, but have him as a mentor and as a coach uh, that really gives me great insight into, um, you know, that has allowed me to network with a lot of the family offices and, and here in these panels on, you know, what really catches their attention, what really helps a deal stand out to them. Um, my background is in marketing and sales and communication so I understand the importance of having a clear message uh, and, and delivering that message in a very authentic, uh, powerful way. Um, so for the past year and a half I've been working with Richard to really review a lot of uh, what you guys turn into us uh, and then also supporting the evolution of the marketing materials through our new Pitchdex.com division.
0: Great. Thank you. And uh, what I've found over time is that investors want you to have this information uh, because it saves them time. They don't want to have to read a paragraph. They'd rather read a sentence to figure out what you do. And there's no reason not to have it. It doesn't cost anything but some intentionality and time. So let's jump right into this on the first one here uh, from SL. We acquire, manage, and broker e-commerce resistant retail shopping centers for family offices and private clients. Would you guys rate that uh, low as confusing, not articulate, uh, not unique, uh, et cetera, or would you rate that high because you're clear about what it is and it does sound unique and valuable?
2: Wait, can you can you repeat that one more? time?
0: Sure, sure. Sorry, I know you can't see the screen from there. So we acquire, manage, and broker e-commerce resistant retail shopping centers for family offices and private clients. So I'm... Um, s- so you know, a I one would be a bad so yeah. so sorry, sorry, one is a, a low score, and then uh if you love it and you think it's excellent and clear, then it would be a a high score It'd be you know five eight ten, et cetera three do you want uh do you want to comment on Molly why you gave it a three
1: um i think it's i think it's very articulate, you know exactly what they do, but I think it could um i think it also has some filler words, so you just want to be really quick and clean uh, and make it as, as short as possible. So acquire, manage, brokerage, I think that could maybe be done in really one word, um, honestly, but outside sure. of that, I think it's very clear on what they do.
0: Sure, sure. Thank you. Anyone else want to comment on this one?
2: Um, I'll create a little controversy. Uh, sure. <laughs> I, I, I lean more toward one. Okay. <laughs> um, I thought it was a little confusing. Okay. Uh, um, well, part of it may be my bias because I'm in real estate and so, I don't know what he means by e commerce resistant really that's to me that's kind of a buzzword sure um, also you know he acquires, he brokers, he manages so in my in my opinion y- you're either an acquirer investor or you're an intermediary really. I don't really see too many groups that are really good at both sure and so, sure so while he may they may be good, they may be the exception to the rule sure. But, um,
0: so part of the feedback is uh, since you're in the real estate space and uh, there's some weight that comes with saying e-commerce resistant is to be – just to say how it is e-commerce resistant yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I'd like to know more. Uh, does it right. And I don't know
2: if you could fit that in one sentence. Sure. But but you know, to me, that's – it's just a vague statement. Yeah, so yeah. And I think – Everyone r- tries to be e-commerce resistant. I mean, everyone wants to you – know, Right. Otherwise, the brick-and-mortar shopping centers. W- yeah, obviously, they're not going away. It's not the crisis that everyone predicted that they would all go away. But there's certainly – a lot of secondary, you know, BC malls that have kind of been destroyed and and they're trying to repurpose into like mixed use or housing and different things. So I'm not really clear what he does. Sure, sure. something in retail.
0: I think it's valuable to hear because uh, when you you said, because I'm a real estate guy, and I think that's an important part about reading these one-liners, is that you want it dialed in for your specific private investor avatar. If you're raising capital from Silicon Valley tech professionals, or if you're raising capital from plastic surgeons, they might read this one-liner and absolutely love it or not. And if you raise capital from people who are highly sophisticated real estate investors with 30 years experience, they might really like it or not. It could be the exact same one-liner. In fact, this same one-liner uh, we've, we've had here at a different event. I think it was in January this year or February. And it did well and the real estate person on the panel loved it more than everyone else. So I think the uh, part of it is that uh, you need to Evolve it 20, 30 times. Try it out on your business partners and then try it out on your investor avatars, uh, like who you're targeting as your investor to get get that very specific feedback uh, from them. Here's one from uh, Ed Ryan from Positive Learning. Positive Learning is the only vendor providing online instructional materials specifically designed for secondary English language learners for K through 12 school districts. We are raising capital to expand our sales team from Texas to the rest of the nation.
3: I'd personally give it a three Um, maybe a little lengthy I'm not sure how important that last part is. Uh, It's great to mention why they're raising the capital but they probably need the capital for a variety of different reasons and I think it's also really important for them to um, maybe exchange that for some um, for some information that can show a little bit about that can explain a little bit about their growth and their success rate and I don't think I really. They mentioned that they're unique and that they're only, which is really good and why I like it. But I think uh, a one-liner that delivers a message as to how they've been currently successful would probably be more important than the reason they need capital.
0: Sure, sure, Anyone else want to comment on this one before I move on.
2: I, I actually lean more toward five, so maybe it's a four. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer by background, and so I've been trained to read legal documents, and you know where sentences are, you know, two pages long, and so I really ad- abhor, you know, you know, lo- lengthy prose, and so I like very sharp, concise, you know, very clear language. I liked it because it was very simple, you know, very, got the concept. He needs to elaborate more, and again, I guess it kind of goes to, and I don't know, sort of the point of these, is this his opening line or is this his whole pitch? I w- obviously, if, it was, if I met him at a cocktail party and he gave me that line, I'd, okay, he's got my interest. i then start and asking the questions the you ask. Um, just to compare it to the other one, you know, when, I, when he said that stuff about the e-commerce business, I'd be okay, well, what does that really mean? And, sure. and it's confusing. You know, what, is yeah. this, what is this technology?
0: Usually I think this one-liner is used to pique their interest to flip to page two of the pitch deck or to have the top of a one-pager instead of saying Wilson Capital, they don't know what you're offering and then a paragraph of text explaining some overview of the industry Or a pitch deck many times says the brand on the first page, then a disclosure, then a table of contents, and you get to page four or five before you know what the firm's doing. Uh, the point is if you have this dialed in, you leave a voicemail and then someone actually is interested enough to call you back, hopefully to try to dial it in to to that degree is really the goal. Uh, Here's another one from uh, Alejandro Sandoval from Tesco Corporation. Transit-oriented development within the emerging economy of Houston, Texas, a multi-billion dollar opportunity. So Molly, why'd you uh, hold up a one pretty quickly on that one?
1: I really don't know what they do.
0: Sure, fair (laughs) enough. I think uh, Mm -hmm. one thing I want to point out on this one is that uh, if you have a name like Wilson Capital or Tesco Corporation, uh, unless you're already very well established, uh, then the name itself doesn't tell you what they do uh, or the benefit of working with them. And then if the one-liner as well doesn't tell you what they do or why you should work with them, then uh, it can be challenging. But if the name of your brand uh, says what you do and or why you should work with them, then the one-liner doesn't have to say some of that. The one-liner can dig deeper. You know, to David's point, you can be more clear on what some of the words mean if someone already knows what you're doing because you're called Texas self-storage partners when I don't need to use the word self-storage in Texas in the one-liner and half your one-liner is saved and you can use that to go deeper and be super clear, you know, on what's unique about you. Uh, Does anyone else want to comment on that one?
3: I was just going to give them a three because I think they're going down the right path. I think it's pretty clear by listening to it that they've probably taken our advice and have given it a shot. Um, I just think that maybe it got a little overcomplicated. And if they probably give this uh, this one-liner another 20, uh, 20, uh, 20 uh, similar ones that they can pick from, I think that they'll eventually get to a really good one.
0: Right, right. Sure,
2: David. Yeah, and I'm—I
3: guess I'm a two,
2: so yeah. sure. sure card. But <laughs> I'm in between you two. Um, Transit-oriented development, I get obviously because of real estate. But the part about emerging Houston and all that—that that part was not certain what that really means. But I, what I didn't like was really billion-dollar opportunity because to right. me that's—you know—everyone wants a billion-dollar opportunity. Are you really giving me a billion-dollar <laughs> opportunity? Right. And so that's a little more—no offense if you're in the room—it's <laughs> a little more car salesman-y. Like and and, you know, having better approach and a lot of people pitching, those those are the kinds over time you kinda you know, tune out a little bit.
0: Right. So so right. I yeah no, I can say see that. that. I think investors will see a lot of deal flow, if someone says they're the next unicorn or they're gonna displace Facebook, you know, it just kinda makes them the more that you say we're this billion dollar thing if you're yeah, not already, Yeah, you know. it immediately
2: puts you on the defensive, really, or, or right. see trying
0: yeah. to outsmart me in
2: some way.
1: I think with the line I, I think it's you know, when you say a transit oriented d- development not everyone in the room is gonna know what that is. I mean, obviously this room does, but I think making it very clear so anyone on the street can understand what you do is really kind of the whole um, idea behind this.
0: Right, right, like when Jim spoke this morning about uh, senior living communities, and he was calling them SLCs, or even in something as simple as multifamily versus saying apartment building, some high net worth investors don't know what multifamily means and never heard that in their life. So you might live in this multifamily bubble, but your investor avatar, if that's not the word they're using day to day, then it can confuse them, I think.
2: Yeah, and, and I guess it goes back to some of the other things t- spoken earlier in the conference. You got to know your audience and who you're talking to and, if, and you need to spend that a little extra time because that shows the thoughtfulness that, that as an investor you appreciate that they thought about who their target was and, and they, you know, defined it correctly. Obviously, like you said, the man on the street won't know transit oriented or e-commerce resistant. Right. Know, they'll, they'll, what does that mean?
0: Right, right. And uh, whatever, however much you work on the one-liner, uh, not everyone on your team may, may love it or get why some of those words are important, but if you're the founder and you've been in the space for 30 years, then you know why some of those words are important. And also, even if you target really well to your investor target group, some of them might not like it. And, you know, like in the case of working with centimillionaires. There's 55,000 of them globally. We only need to work with 100 out of the 55,000. You're not trying to appeal to everybody. You're trying to appeal to who connects with what you're trying to do most, and you know, of course.
2: And just to, just to add one thing and just to take it to the level of you're actually interacting with someone, even at these kind of events, You know, part of when I talk to people, it's, you, know, you ask them what they do, what their specialty is, you kind of understand. And you've got to adjust your pitch appropriately.
0: Right like one uh, Pitchdex.com client, we we just hit 30 clients, the number two or three client came in and they were a multifamily group in two different states and they had a bunch of letters uh, as their brand name. And uh, and what we said is that, well, it'd be more powerful if you focused on one state versus two because you're just getting started. It'll be more of a niche offering. Uh, They ended up doing that and then also changed their branding. So when you hear their name, you know what they invest in and where they do it versus uh, a bunch of letters as their brand name and then it, uh, it can be confusing when you're going out in the marketplace of what you do and who you do it for. Here's another one from a uh, patient MD. Build a global ecosystem of prosperity and promises honored. So I'm guessing that you guys didn't think this one was clear enough on what they do. Uh, Essentially I th- is a big part.
3: I think it's overly subjective. I see. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of in the last panel we talked about I, I think in the last panel we talked a little bit about um, like subjective wording and being very careful with the adjectives you use. Um, so once again very subjective to the investor they want something a little bit more tangible and something that really discusses the the tangible and objective results.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, I was at a dinner in San Diego last week after speaking at an event and we somebody was working on their one liner and they work in the opportunity zones and their one liner was something like transforming the world through real estate. Uh, It reminded me of this one and I tell them like well if anybody can wake up tomorrow and use your one liner and also say your exact same thing it's probably not a very powerful one liner. You should probably say we have you know our principal founder alone has 37 years of experience or after closing 29 deals over 19 years with 400 million dollars under management we are transforming something or something tangible it's verifiable credible objective. Someone can do due diligence on it and you can prove to them you actually have done 28 deals. I think that's night and day more powerful than when you're just generic and subjective. I think, you
3: know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a big difference between the one-liner and the slogan. And this sounds a little more like a slogan versus like the actual one-liner. Right, right,
0: right. Uh, Molly, do you want to say something?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I... the problem with the the statement, I it's very short uh, and clear, uh, but the like you said earlier, it's very general. I mean, you could apply this to almost any industry. Um, so, you know, when we're helping people with pitches, what we try to do is follow the X Y Z format, which is X what you do, why, and then Y is, uh, I'm sorry, X is who you're helping. So we help family business owners, and then. Why, you know, what is the purpose of, it? what is the, um, what is that you actually do? So we help scale their businesses. And what is the result of that? What is the purpose? So so that they can build their dynasties. So those are like, that's the, f- the format that we try to follow. So it's very clear. People know exactly. They have that image in their mind of what your actually purpo- purpose is um, behind everything.
2: Yeah, I agree with Andres. I think it's it's more of a, like, uh, like you said, a slogan or a rallying cry or or to your troops, to your team, or, or it's more of a maybe a mission statement of what you're trying to do um, as a mission, as, as an opening line to a pitch. I don't think it's, you know, uh, like you said, it's, it's too subjective.
0: Right, right, and if anyone in the audience is thinking like, oh, why are we spending so much time going over this? It's because most one-liners are, are pretty bad. Most, line one, most people don't even have a one-liner. We've re- reviewed 295 of your pitch decks. Most of you don't have a single sentence that says what you do, and if you meet with an investor, and they have to go to their spouse or business partner, their investment committee, et etc. Why should it be their homework to figure out what you do and why it's relevant on planet earth to their portfolio? You should be doing that. But we find that almost no one does it. And I remember Sanjeet from Intel Corporate Venture Capital on stage saying you have 15 seconds to get his attention or you're gone. We've had Brian who works at a multi-hundred million dollar single family office uh, say that you have one line within the email otherwise you get archived because they have so much coming at them. They need to quickly sort. And if you don't do that for them then it's just not going to get done. Uh, this one from uh, Talos Holdings, Class A apartment developer with thirty-year track record, life-changing training and development for residents seeking investors. Uh,
2: I like that one. I like that one. Uh, you know, it's very clear to me. The only thing I don't like was sort of the life-changing part because that's a little too subjective. I don't know what that really means. i do not sure how apartments can be life-changing.
0: Sure sure, and I think that uh, I think in both this case and the e-commerce case, the the strong point of what they're offering, uh, m- and uh, describing that within a few words in a sentence is a big challenge. I think that's something that uh, probably many people here in the room face. Is the thing that's unique that they do that's not common, which is their unique advantage, uh, might be the hardest thing to communicate in such a, a brief amount. I think that's a common hurdle that a lot of people here are facing.
2: Yeah, so that's I mean maybe that's something for the second sentence you know, of the, of the next part of the pitch.
0: Sure, sure.
3: Yeah, I think that uh, because I, I I know a little bit more about Jock and, and that part of his unique value proposition is that training and development side, uh, that's why I'd give it a five. Um, but um, you know, David makes the good point about how maybe that is the next piece of information that you deliver after you peak interest. Um, because one of the important things about the one liner is the fact is, is the brevity of it right it's being brief it's the fact that you almost want it to be a cliffhanger so when you end the sentence that investors kind of leaning in and going well tell me more right and that's that invitation to kind of go deeper into it right. Uh, Many people make the mistake of where your one liner should be you put you insert your whole entire pitch and it's a six minute conversation while the person was really just trying to go to the restroom. So. so I think, I, like I said, I give it a five because he includes his unique value proposition and he also adds, you know, his uh, track record and specifics on what he's investing in.
0: And I would take a little bit different uh, approach. I would um, have it even more on the secret sauce and say, well, you know, 400 other or like while well, all the competition upgrades things at five or 10K per door, we have longer tenancy and we attract higher quality, higher paying tenants because we do have this this training involved, or we do have these benefits, and say that in an elegant way that's a little bit more concise. Uh, just to, to stress what's different, they also have a very unique structure, et cetera, so I'd fit that those two things in there and just lead with the uniqueness in a the multifamily space. The more crowded your space is, the more you have to lead with what makes you unique, otherwise you just get completely lost, I think, uh, with a sophisticated investor. If someone sees two deals a year, and you're one of the two, then you don't have to really have a one-liner, but if you're trying to go from raising capital from private investors to family offices who haven't already known you for a half decade or a decade, then I think that's where you do need to have a one-liner. Here's one from uh, Cimarron Capital. Cimarron Capital shows institutional investors how to mitigate risk in capital markets and commodities using complexity science. Got some uh, tough judges on stage here today.
1: I think for me it was, I, you had me all the way until we got into saying the word complexity science. Yeah. I mean, I, my question is, I have no idea what that is. Just watering it down so, like I said, any stranger on the street understands what this, what you're talking about. You got to say it in the audience's language, um, and it's hard to do that because as professionals, we it's so used to just speaking to our peers and our colleagues, and we want to sound intelligent, but. The essence of intelligence is being able to explain something very complex in a very sample manner.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, same thing. Y- you had me until complexity science, too, because I mean, I'm not a science guy. So all science is complex to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like, what, what are you really saying? Are you just drawing out some big words? Or, right. you know, And it didn't have, th- maybe the intent was to kind of give you that mystery, to kind of lure you in, to give you the hook, oh, you're wanting to learn more. But I don't know. For me, it was the opposite effect.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I I think some one-liners could just raise curiosity uh, and not have maximum clarity, but it's always good if you can have both. Uh, This next one from TargaCell, a non-invasive stem cell delivery system using proprietary proteins to repair damaged hearts.
3: Can you repeat it one more time, please?
0: Sure. A non-invasive stem cell delivery system using proprietary proteins to repair damaged hearts. So, uh, what made you not want to give that one uh, an 8 or a 10 in one of your cases?
3: Um, well, I, I actually really liked it because for something as complex as stem cells, uh, they kept it very simple, um, you know, in, in a sense. I still don't understand what, you know, what all these different proteins are, um, but I've heard the word protein before and it doesn't scare me as much as hearing the word complexity. Uh, sciences right like the thing with you know and I want to go back to that one just really clear quickly is because you insert the word co- like the second I heard the word complex I was like because right away you're gonna scare people away like oh, that who wants to invest into something complex right so unless uh, complexity sciences is a simple term to people in that niche you want to stay away from words like complex right.
2: or yeah right but, uh, right. but this agreed. one c-
3: felt simple and easy to understand and would pique my interest as a bit of a science
2: nerd myself.
0: Great. Uh, David?
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I, oh, I didn't know we could go up to ten. I was using five. But oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it. I it, it, I, agree. Uh, you know, stem cell science is 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 complex and, 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 it's you know, I get scared, too, normally when I hear that word, but he structured his one-liner in a way that Actually made it okay. It, it sounds interesting, and there's something sure. he's doing that 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 sounds a little unique. Uh, I don't know if I love the words like proprietary. Everyone's proprietary. Everyone can say whatever they do is proprietary. So that was the only sort of flaw I saw in it. Sure. But otherwise, but it's definitely it was one that made me like okay, I want to learn a little more. What is he? What is, let's dig a little deeper into a scary subject like stem cell sure, science sure. that I that I d- normally would not want to venture into.
0: Sure
1: having uh, a drill put in my sacrum about 50 times to donate my stem cell to my sister, um, I understand that very well. And it was simple. It was very simple um, and short and clean so anybody could understand that. So that's why we have Cards, for those of you who don't know, we have cards one, three, and five. And so five is our highest rating. We, we usually do
0: one f- through ten, so, so one of the persons that didn't know was me. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so not as tough a customers as I, I thought you were being on yeah. people. But yeah, that's good feedback. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Give th- th- some people I relief the for these. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. So I'd like to get some from the audience, just so somebody, you know, these, uh, everyone but one of these, I think, came from someone who's here in the room today that submitted them via the welcome email letter that went out yesterday. But if anyone wants to stand up now and share their one-liner and get some feedback, uh, I'd be happy to run a mic over to you. I think, Charlie, we have one in front here.
2: Thank you. My name is Doug Bush. I'm principal of the Renaissance Group. And my one-liner is repurposing existing communities for today's middle market.
0: Great, so what would you guys uh, rate that one-liner as?
3: Um, I'd give it a three. Uh, I think it just needs, just all you have to do is really just kind of add a little bit on like your track record or, or, you know, or the type of investor that you're looking for. But I think just, you know, like track record, years in business, something like that. Something with like, just add a couple numbers in there to, with, for some proof of results. And I think it will strengthen it that much more.
0: Yeah, I think, I think whatever is your strongest foot forward is what you should lead with. So if it's a unique JV 50-50 structure, you lead with that. If it's the 92 years of experience among your two principals, then I would lead with that. Uh, but I think it's important to put something that's going to make you stand out more if somebody has talked to many people in that space.
3: I was just trying to get the, the point across
1: about what we do as quickly and as concisely as possible. Right. So to right. start a conversation.
0: Right, right. I mean, I think it's just, uh, if you're going to a family office that sees a lot of deal flow, they're going to say, oh, well, I've, I've met hundreds of people that do that, in a way, uh, so why should I reply to this email? And if it's that you're local to them, that could be a reason to reply, or years of experience, or unique strategy, or something of that nature. Thank so, you. Yeah. I think we had another one in the middle of the room, perhaps. And then... Uh,
3: Hi, thank you. Uh, Chris Winkler with Silverwood Capital. So our fund invests in high-yield
2: distressed real estate notes, and our average net ROI is over 50%. What
0: would you guys rate that one as? Well,
2: as, as a real estate guy, yeah, that was as concise and clear as you could be. So <laughs> I get it. I understand exactly what to do, and, and if I was interested in it, i talk to you about it.
0: <laughs> I, because your, R, your ROI, the IRR at 50% is so high, uh, if I was you, I would at least think about whether you could say that is across 82 deals or, or 22 deals, etc. Because otherwise it might make me think, did they just get started? They've only done three deals. And when you're doing very small deals, sometimes there's high inefficiency. But as you try to scale to any competitive level, so I would just kind of maybe de-risk that depending on who you're going to would be one consideration. Because most people can't give those types of returns. So, I'd maybe try to de risk them saying, oh, that can't be true and moving on. Yeah, I'd Anyone like,
2: this is the first time I'm doing this, but I, I like, you know, how one of the early ones where you had the, we we talked about the how many years, track record. And so, the only other comment I was going to add about what, I like the word repurpose, the way you used that, f- and then you identified your target market segment in, in, in real estate. Um, the only thing, like they said, was maybe adding in something about your success rate or your years of experience or something. I think that would, be the nice f- finishing touch on that one-liner.
0: Great, great. I think uh, Tom up here in the front. Wilson Investment Properties is a uh, experienced provider of value-add, cash-flowing investments in high-growth markets, with IRs of 15 to 20 percent.
3: I think uh, j- just adding a little bit on years in business is good, but I think for the most part it's pretty clear and easy to
2: understand.
1: I think I think it was good. I, I was very clear to me. I would just maybe shorten it up a little bit, make it pop a little more, but I th- I think it was good.
2: Yeah. The only thing I m- maybe I misheard it, but, but what is your asset? What are you investing in? You, you said.
0: Can you say it again? What type of uh, well, what is the real type estate? of asset?
2: That's what I was unclear about from
0: the statement. Uh, r- real estate. Real
2: but estate properties. Okay. Well, again, this but could be my own bias because I'm a real estate guy, but mm. real estate is a big, you know, it, we had the self-storage guy, <laughs> industrial, okay. so, so uh, to me. All it, asset it, classes. Yeah. So yeah. in all. Because oh. most,
0: so most people are generic and they shouldn't be, might be part of David's yeah. point. Most people are focused on one thing. And in your case, I know you're invested in multi, different types of commercial mm-hmm. real estate to give your investors, you know, exposure to different types of assets, I guess, in their portfolio. Usually when David asks that question, the, the answer is, oh, it's multifamily. That we do, and not, not many good. different areas. Yeah, that that's, seem that's correct. That's a good point. Yeah, There's, uh, i was trying to leverage off the uh, the name purposely, the title of the company purposely, Wilson Investment Properties. You know, um, uh, we kept that so it would be descriptive, uh, rather than just investments, but maybe uh, indicating the uh, the breadth of asset classes would be uh, a good adder.
2: Oh, I, I missed that part about the multi-family. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. okay.
0: Thank. That's you. Great. Thank you. And then, uh, one back by Ellie.
2: It's Ricky, I'm managing partner of Tech Wildcatters. We're a seed stage venture capital fund accelerator program headquartered here in Dallas, Texas. We get companies from around the world. We've been around since 2009, had 150 companies and eight successful exits.
0: Great, so I, I def, uh, let's uh, hold up signs and see what you would rate that one-liner for. Um, before they comment, the one thing that I think was really strong is that you had very tangible things that make it more credible. And in my experience, if you start with those things, you know have to be in there and you rewrite it 10, 20 times, show it to a business partner, have them rewrite it five, six times, you'll end up with something concise and very powerful. A lot of people are missing those tangible numbers. And uh, when you have a run on sentence or a short one and there's nothing tangible, it's hard for people to hang, hang their hat on something. So I think that the strong point was the tangible figures. Um, anyone else want to comment on that one?
3: Uh, it'd be great to see it on paper. I really like the way that you said it. I would say even just, you know, it at events, where you're networking, if you slow down the pace just a little bit and really hit those points hard, I think you would pique a lot of people's interest.
2: Great. Yeah, I would, same, same ranking. Uh, I would also s- echo those comments. Um, I thought it was a little bit too long. I would shorten it a little bit. It's just me.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah, I think definitely it could be shortened a little bit just by refining it over, over and over again a few times. Uh, I think we had another one in the middle. Yes, one second.
2: Hi there, everybody. I'm Troy Grogan with Premier Business Solutions. So this pitch is actually a joint venture between my business partner and wife. So uh, anyhow, uh, our pitch is uh, raising capital to develop a tropical island and build it a high-end, environmental-friendly community.
0: What would you guys rate that um, one-liner?
2: So I definitely, because re-
3: retreat centers and, and islands where you know things go on. I've, love that niche um, I just I don't know why you're building this island you know there's no explanation as to you know we need capital to raise to for this island where like can you uh, say the last part again
2: just uh, uh, raising capital to build a high-end uh, environmentally
0: friend friendly community
3: Yeah so so just it's just not specific enough Um, there's it's just more like you're raising capital to to build your own like conscious community it feels like and there's no like unique value proposition there's no mention of of where there could be a strong ROI for the investor.
0: For me uh, the only the the times I've seen people raising capital for buying an island or developing an island it's very binary either they're brokering a hundred million dollar plus project or like the projects either are going to get a lot of capital raised or it's just not going to happen and it's going to go bust. And if you get the first round done but then don't get the second round down, it could go bust. So I think it to me it, it feels very risky if you don't cap it with now this is your fourth island you've done this on or this is your seventh hospitality asset or something that would de-risk it a bit. Otherwise, I'd say, well, it could be exciting if I knew the area was right next to me and I know that island, but otherwise I'd be scared uh, of that binary risk, I think
1: general statement just for anyone that's making a pitch um, just make sure when you're using your voice to pitch this is like your one time to get them thank you Yeah, because I have a soft voice. (laughs) Um, So I want to make a general statement about people when they make their one-line pitch, because this is something that you only have maybe basically 10 or 15 seconds to be able to do, is make sure you're using your voice the correct way. Don't speak in a monotone voice. Make sure if you're saying you have a tropical island, that's kind of a big word. So maybe add a little extra volume to that and add in your pauses or maybe go into a chest voice when it's something serious and if it's something positive, go a little higher. So just kind of work on the melody. I mean, we all go to concerts to hear beautiful music. Your voice is also a musical instrument. So use it that way to be able to sound different because everybody else that's pitching is gonna speak in that monotone, very serious business voice. And you wanna sound a little different.
0: Right, I mean, I guess uh, some of you might think like, well, my voice isn't very uh, melodic, but uh, <laughs> you know, we I think- We all have
1: those ranges. <laughs>
0: the fact that most most of us are like, you know, 42 to 62 year old males who talk in similar ways, and maybe don't show a sense of humor often enough or personality. You know, I think it helps when you do show personality or passion or that you are like the PhD engineering super nerd of your niche. Like investors want to see who you genuinely are and not be the robotic uh, suit and tie in front of them pitching. Um, we just have time for uh, one more. Wait, wait, uh, can I just. That's, just that's, that's, oh, that's why. That's
2: why I'm not a singer. Yeah. <laughs> the other, the other right. comment I was, I, I definitely agree with you. Definitely having enthusiasm and passion for what you're pitching is important, especially if you're doing it live. In, in, in an email or document, you can't. It's hard to convey that. My only other comment on on your pitch was, um, I couldn't tell whether are you a developer or are you a broker, when you're raising cap. So, that that's where, but that's where maybe some. Sure. and some little more clarification in, the, in that line might have helped.
0: Sure and uh, anyone who didn't get to I know we have like three or four more people raising their hands. I guess we have one person standing already. So I'll, I'll let you go real quick. But uh, anyone who else didn't get to say their one liner. If the thank you email that just went out to you, if you can reply to that with your one liner, I would be happy to give you some feedback on it, uh, on how to uh, potentially make it more powerful. But go ahead and say yours real quick. And we'll just try to make this like a one minute response here.
1: My name is Rick Heller with Wello. To break the chain of the public's contagious infection, Wello instantly measures body temperature without touch and self-service to detect fever for a healthier environment in child care, health care, offices and restaurants. I think it's very clear what you do. I would drastically shorten it though, but I think it's clear.
0: And I also want to comment just in 30 seconds uh, or less and then we can wrap it up. Quick
3: question. The main thing you do is detect the fever. Yep. It's like, yeah, I would almost start the sentence off with that and then work the way, work the rest of it in. Because I was kind of waiting. I was like, so what do you do? Or how do you do it? And then it kind of came up like towards the end. I was like, oh, so it kind of made me miss kind of like the first part. So just kind of move that to the front, maybe shorten it a bit and then just give it about 20 variations and pick the best one.
2: Yeah, I agree with that, too. I kind of got a little confused at the end, too.
0: Sure. Great. So before we give the panelists a round of applause, I just want to remind them if we can exit out the uh, side doors.